Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Where did this ferocious determination out there today come from? The media. Every one of them brought us up. This is Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner GAA podcast. It was Christy Ring who said Hurling's only half-dressed without tip, but look, they went ahead with a Munster final yesterday and I suppose it wasn't bad. On today's show we'll have Anthony Daly, who's worried there might be some kind of West of Ireland psyche causing Clare's lack of killer instinct. Former Cork captain Mark Landers is also on the line. He'll tell us why the Rebels are back on the right road again. And he'll also share some interesting insights about his time coaching a young Seamus Harnady. And Patrick P.M. O'Sullivan was in Crow Park yesterday where Kilkenny put a little bit of a dent in Galway's sense of invulnerability and he'll also tell us what the Kilkenny lads make of coming to the home of Hurling next week for the Leinster final replay but first to Dalo Dalo um, we've photos in the paper tomorrow from Simple Stadium I think they're taken from a drone over Simple Stadium and uh, it looks like the stadium is, is kind of 70 or 80% red what, what, I know you weren't there yesterday but what was the, what was the Clare crowd in the, like in the end? Well I, I obviously was in Crow Park and we saw or I was in Crow Park so I was in I was in Montrose yeah. with RTE um, uh, but Jeannie Mac uh, that wouldn't be the feedback I would have got now from I know the red is very prominent from any picture yeah. no, it really stands out but uh, no from my wife and my three daughters would have said there was a great clear crowd you know that they were they hadn't seen a clear crowd like it in five or six years so right yeah uh, I don't think I don't think that was uh, an issue and uh from anyone I was talking to yesterday evening or last night, they were saying, you know, oh God, the clear crowd were just back and forth. But we, we wouldn't have the population Cork would have, you know, and um, you have to understand, like, a lot of football lads would have gone to man on Saturday as well, and, uh, you know, so, true, true. look, but they, no, they, they were delighted with the clear turnout, the, the, the hope just being now for the for the quarterfinal game that, that they'd stick by them, you know, and that they, they, they'd keep keep with them and because uh, they can be a little bit fickle not being critical of them because uh, I, I you know I, I've had a great relationship with Clare Crowd on my life nearly yeah. um, you know so but you know I, I, I'd hope that they'd stick with them now and not just you know giving at the, at the end of a kind of a good wrench defeat just you know sure yeah like you, you've made the point I suppose a few times that Clare's fortunes almost changed after Jake Morris hit the post against Tip and Galvin went down and scored the other end is there a danger now they've they've almost switched back the other way after Luke Mead's goal they never seemed to recover after it uh, yesterday did they? No and uh, you know uh, I, I have to say like you know sitting beside Jackie Turrell and Henry Hayes of, of Galway Camogie fame and yeah. I, 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 you know Jackie said God you're like why are you downbeat like you know you're, you're four points up at half time and I said Jackie we should be ten up, you know. I, I said, just somewhere inside us, there's a little bit of softness there to allow Harnady fetch the ball, but not, but you know, bad enough that Harnady would fetch the ball because he's really good at that, you know. He, he's a top top man to, to my mind, and uh, uh, but uh, loud in me, you know, not to be tracked, you know. At least if Harnady was forced to turn there and put the ball over the bar, 
you were still you had your own puck out and to be seven points up you know mm. and it was into injury time in the first half but you know instead of that you know we conceded the goal and almost immediately give away the line ball which again another another guy you just have to love and admire Mark Coleman like he's a magnificent side line ball over the bar and you know you just could sense that even in the studio in RT that the car crowd were massively buoyed up uh, by those couple of moments that's all they were because Clare had, had dictated the, the the whole gist of the play, but you know, hurling is hurling, and uh, we know that it can just you know it, it can change in the, the you know in a flicker. I'd love to have known what was said in the dressing room. You know, which I've, which I've gone in and said to them, "Fair play, lads! After winning the first half, you know, by four points, can we win the second half by four points or even one point, and we're monster champions?" You know, but. Uh, I don't know, I just got the feeling over me that, that we were that little bit downbeat at half time instead of being, you know, hugely upbeat because of the overall performance in the first half. Yeah, like how is it they they weren't able to wrestle back that momentum? I mean you, you mentioned this morning in your column uh, I suppose maybe a lack of leadership on the field. Uh is that what you would put it down to that somebody wasn't able to just take away the scruff of the neck early in the second half and just get that momentum back? Well, do you know, I, I don't know I you know I, we always kind of made Larry. There's a danger you'll hurt back to your own time, and I, I mm. you know, I would have said that. I, I, I hate doing that because it wasn't good in our time, and it wasn't all bad. And I was manager for a time as well, and we couldn't win a match in Munster. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm awful conscious that we, we hadn't all the answers either. But yeah, yeah. God, I'd love to think if, if Sean McMahon was under that puck out from Anthony Nash, that there's no way. That, that handy would be allowed to catch the ball and even if he was there would have been a little tactical pull the jersey and give away the free yeah. um, you know and uh, I, I don't know like I just does, you know what I would have said like about that this morning would have been but you know when John Conlon put the point to make it 2-11 to 9 points like I can just picture being on the field and, and Lynch and Baker in front of me and they're roaring back at us you know this ball, this ball, win this ball, and you know we we go ten ahead going down the tunnel, and you know they roar their heads off going down the tunnel, and to say oh, we've been beaten, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the sort of thing I think we were crying out for, and yet we conceded, you know that that four point swing back to Cork, and uh, I credit to Cork as well. Now, Larry, I wouldn't be, yeah, of course. Totally, you know, I wouldn't be just saying clear blue. This, uh, this, this is a very, very good Cork team, and it would have said it last night that I kind of quietly fancied him for the Ireland, you know, get go. But I thought with Clare's momentum, and and you know, for thirty four or five minutes yesterday, it looked like we were making the right predictions. I thought that, that Clare might kick on, but again, a lot of our key men went missing at crucial times, and sort of did their own thing rather than the team thing, and uh, yeah. You know, that hurts, that hurts this morning making up, it, it hurt last night and uh, it's something that you, you will not win all Ireland unless everyone is pulling for each other and after themselves, you know, uh, there's no I in team goes the old statement, but I would say there is an I in team and there's actually 30 eyes in every 15 to text the field, you know, yeah. but those 30 eyes must be looking out for each other, you know, so I just felt there was that little bit of... Um, I won't call it selfishness, but just not enough of of you know the sum of the parts being 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 more important than any individual display. 
like you, you, you were critical. That, I mean, not maybe not critical, but you said Tony Kelly was on the periphery of the game, I suppose, for long periods. Um, and you mentioned maybe not working hard enough on some of the cork, cork puck outs. Like Shane O'Donnell wasn't in the game that much either, but also like when John Conlon was going so well in the first half, you know, should they have should they have brought him back out the field when um, when he wasn't in the game in the second half? There's there's two things there, Larry. What I'd say is, who's to say um, with Tony? You know, he minds the body like like you know incredibly well say compared to our day anyway you know he'd be he'd be a, a model citizen in that way mm. but who's to say whether a bit of exhaustion got in the way yesterday a bit of nervous energy maybe whatever but I mean the Bill Cooper point is an awful indictment on, on, on not tracking um, you know because you could see Derek Curry, Curry roaring at him to get back and cover yeah. uh, Cooper and, and Nash was just able to poke it all over his head into Cooper's hand straight over the bar and the question marks about the goal. Now, I'm not sure who actually was on Cooper at that stage, you know, whether Tony had come out from centre forward or not. So I'm not, I'm not fingering Tony. And then look at the goal, the first goal we got. I mean, what a magnificent run with Matt Coleman up, up, up your behind, as the fellas says, uh, you know, and to be able to get a pass of that quality off to David Reedy without having to break stride and stick it in the back of the net. That's what Tony bring you on. We love Tony. We love Tony as a player. And, so he, he's kind of our, our go-to guy always, but just felt for long periods yesterday, just wasn't in the game. And, uh, you know, I only think, you know, early on this year, there was a lot of question marks about, about his teammate, clubmate, Jack Brown. I thought Jack Brown was magnificent uh, for Clare yesterday. Was possibly our man of the match overall. John Conlon, you would say, the first half, yeah. And if I was to be critical of management, and I, again, I would have acknowledged this last night, I think that I, I met loads of boos as manager. And, you know, I I, I possibly cost Clare and Ireland in, in 205 by not making the correct moves maybe at the right times. Um, so I, I, I'd be slow to criticise, but for me, from half time to the 63rd minute was too long to leave John Conlon. Who remember now against Cork in the in the initial game down in, in Parky Keeve? Scored five points from number eleven, like that. We didn't bring him out into the play, sure. Uh, you know, sooner in the second half, because everything to me seemed to be lumped down on Peter Duggan, and you know, Cork got wise to that. They put Joyce back centre back, they put Coleman back in his natural spot, and yeah, look, if I was to be critical of some of the stuff, that would be one of the main ones I would have been. Uh, I thought, in actual fact, Sean O'Donnell was playing kind of a team game in the first half. To be honest. By leaving the space for Conlon, who obviously had the cock for that kind of in, in massive trouble, but uh, yeah, he, he just wasn't on the ball enough. And I mean, at this level, the puck out to the intercepted from Anthony Nash, the puck it back into Nash again, like it's just, you know, that's not good enough at this level. That ball should be over the bear. And uh, Shane and all that this morning, he's, a, he's an, honest, an honest lad. They're all honest lads, they're great lads, and we're so proud of them, you know. And we would have loved yesterday if they could have won that to, just to complete the medal set for them for them all at adult level under twenty one league monster in all Ireland. But I mean, as clear players go, they're as decorated as any bunch of us, you know. So sure. look, you have to give credit to Cork and you know, I I'd be you could be hopping back to a load of clear stuff, but Cork really took it by the scruff of the neck, no more so I think than than Hannity and, and, and you know, to give him his June, I've been critical of him in the past. Sometimes maybe on, on, on March Sundays uh, in, in Hailstones, uh, Hoggy has become some leader for this team. And, you know, 
I mean, for Hoggy to get the better of David McInerney yesterday in that second half. I mean, I think every single ball that went up to Hoggy in the second half yesterday, he made stick. And like, you know, when he makes a stick, sure, the only, there's only one thing, and that's the umpire going for a white flag, like, because yeah. the skill set is, is, is so good. And, you know, the younger lads in as well are becoming massive leaders. And there's more to come as well. We, you know, we saw that brilliant Cork Minor team last year pipped at the post by Galway, but. You know, there's more to come. They won the 17 All Ireland. You're, you're looking at the likes of Turnbull and Connery and these fellas and O'Leary Hayes and these as to come. And look at if 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 there's to be a weak link in this Cork team for the All Ireland, I would feel it's still in the full back line. Maybe um, there's still issues at three. There's no doubt about it. Connell showed that in the first half yesterday. Seamus Flanagan showed it Limerick against Cork early on the year and. You know, look, that has to be stopped. That Damien had a great year last year, but just hasn't hit those heights this year. So, but I think they're in with a huge chance, and uh, I don't think you know we didn't see Galway at their best yesterday. No, mm. I think they'll improve sufficiently to get over the line next week. But I don't think Cork would fear them if they meet them in a, in a final later on. And uh, yeah, but look, that's a long way off as well, and so much can happen. And for Clare, it's about picking up the pieces now and uh, presume Westford will beat Westmead and, and Limerick possibly beat Carroll. I'm, I'm being presumed saying that, but I presume, you know, I know no one form over the years, 99 times out of 100, that's what happens. And, you know, what, what quarterfinals and semifinals and a final we look forward to then, you know, really epic, epic context, contests again, like. Sure, like like a lot of it, funnily enough for them, a lot of Cork supporters. Um, I mean, they, they don't normally take much encouragement to get ahead of themselves. Like, but they uh, they were not entirely convinced about their team, despite being monster champions. But like, should they be a bit more convinced now? Yeah, well, what I often find with the Cork fans, and I've great mates in Cork, like you know, fellas I went to Cheltenham with twenty years ago and stuff like that, and we're, we're mates to this day. And they're reading me yesterday evening before, and <laughs> eventually I just had to literally tell one fella to f off and <laughs> a text message. Leave me alone. I'm low enough. Yeah. But you know what I often find with the Cork fans is you know they they're either too high or too low. You know, and uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. The, 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 the extremes to be there, but uh, I look at there's you only look at the way Hanley Hogan, your hand hasn't hit the height to last year yet. That could be to come, but you look at the younger lads as well. Then, and I mean, Dara Fitzgibbon, a joy to behold to watch him playing, and and uh, painfully if it's against you, and and uh, Coleman again. And I thought, to be fair, if the Cork uh, management had had questions answered, it would be on that the fact that they paid too much heed to Clare in the first half, putting Coleman in and Kelly, and you know, I would have played dice kind of more natural role at six and and left. Mark Coleman don't do what he does best at seven, where where he attacks so much. And you know they made a few changes probably to to counter Clare. Well, to me, Cork are better when they're just Cork, and we are Cork, and we don't fear anyone. And hmm. um, that swagger was certainly back in the second half yesterday. Though, and Ian Galvin got a late consolation goal. Fair play team. There's a strong case for him to be started at this stage. I think far clear because he, he has made a huge impact every time he's come in, and Conor McGrath also made an impact. But to be fair, five points was probably the realistic, you know, outcome because you know that was the score going into injury time, and, and and like look at that would have been a drag back from eight points down, you know. So that's a huge swing, like, um, and they were they, they were fully mirrors of that. Whatever I say about. Clare's lack of this, that, or the other. Like you have to give Cork the credit. Uh, they dug deep and they had the leaders when they really needed them. And uh, you know that 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 told in the, in the final outcome. How much? How much credit 
must John Myler get for the switches that he made at half time to, to turn it around or yeah big big switches uh, but in some ways uh, not taken away from John at all I know he's done a magnificent job like coming in there on the back of you know what everyone would have felt was a huge loss in Kieran Kingston and you know he's retained Munster Championship now they're two years unbeaten in Munster and uh, that's in- incredible especially in light of this year's system but I, I would attach you know some of the mistakes were were of his own making early on, but he switched back to be fair to him. Another flat yeah. would be stubborn and would say, no, this is the reason why we remember this, so we're sticking with it. But just switch back and, you know, the move of Fitzgibbon to to, to centre forward where he just clearly had the legs over, over kind of clearly as well. And that was very clever and, you know, they went to the kind of a natural. And, you know, somebody I, t- I think who goes, you know, a lot doesn't get quite the credit as you would be Bill Cooper. Do you know, talk of a workaholic and the fitness level that has brought it to a new level, I think, in Hurling. And uh, he was magnificent, I thought, yesterday. And, you know, sometimes we, we denominations for the men to match yesterday. But, I mean, how do you... You couldn't really leave John Condon out on the base of the fourth half alone. And, and like, Fitzgibbon and Heron, but we left out Hoggy, we left out Cooper. You know, we left out so many fellas that that you'd love to nominate seven or eight, you know, but, uh, mm. no, I, I look at, I know Myler a long time, uh, I would have taken over from Myler down in Kilmiley and Kerry, you know, a real die-hard hurling zone that had a lot of football into the field, tell you the truth, Larry, um, <laughs> and, you know, that, and, 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 and in Kerry, that sums the Batman, that tell you, um, <laughs> and, John would be loved and revered there, and uh, you know he's doing a massive job. He, he's obviously a massive sportsman. You know, you you just have to hear his interviews, and he, you know, he, he talk he talk as passionately about soccer as he will about hurling. And I, I love that about a fellow. You know what? That, that he wouldn't be pigeonholed into any corner about about you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gale, and I I don't support foreign sports and that old rot that yeah. we hear of some lads. I I love that about Myler that he. You yeah. know, he he he's, he obviously his uncle is is a, is a professional footballer, but outside of that, I'd say you know that wouldn't matter to John. He 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 loves sport and uh, his enthusiasm is inf- infectious. And I look at I honestly believe as well. You know, for being on with Jackie last night, Jackie spent three years in the same house as Freddie Murphy, and uh, you know he would say that Freddie has a huge influence as well with the players, and uh, you know that that only bodes well for Cork going forward. If, you know, potential manager there and the likes of him as well, you know. So, yeah, look, things look good in Cork. And I, I've been saying that to this because I was involved in Limerick with the, with the academy for three years and certainly Cork were producing the most top quality players all over the country during that period. And, uh, yeah, John is, John is doing a great job. Um, I'd question a, a bit of his, uh, his methods at the start of the game, but, you know, mm. it takes a great man to rectify those things and, and that's certainly what he did. Sure, finally then, uh, Dalo, you got into a little bit of psychoanalysis this morning in your column there. You feared this, maybe you were, you were trying to investigate the lack of killer instincts somehow in Clare and you, you worried that it's a it's a West of Ireland thing, maybe. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, are we getting... Are we it's getting, probably me being a bit nostalgic now, Larry, yeah, and yeah. trying to get back home to Clare and listen to something that's thrown up a fiddle, do you know what I mean? Are we getting back to the <laughs> sticking to the traditional music kind of stuff here? Like, what's the what, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, I just think, you know, there's such an outpouring of joy, you know, and it was more in reference to Galway now than Clare, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But just there's such an outpouring when, you know, you know, I look at, I, I was lucky to be able to accept the, the, the canister, I suppose, as we call it, the Liam McCarthy twice, and, 
you know, I still wouldn't have made a speech in the next league to Joe Connolly's speech and it still brings a tear to my eye if I watch it. And You know, um, there's something about that west of the Shannon that we're Munster men and we, we're very proud that we... I'd, I'd hate if they moved us out of Munster before we won, we won Munster titles in the 90s, you know, because they're all saying you took the soft option and went up and played Galway every year in the Connacht final, if you like. But yeah, yeah. there's something about, you know, that... Cromwell saw a bit of land in, 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 in East Clare <laughs> and he said, I'll hang on to that bit there and you can have the rest. Like, you know, uh, there's something about yeah. being west of the Shannon, I suppose. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, 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 I, I just think that Galway maybe suffer a little bit from it as well. Now, they might have been lucky yesterday that, that the, 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 the warning shots that they got yesterday from Kikini wound up in a draw. They have a chance to put that right next week and get the ship back on... on, on, on on target then for a semi-final and final and you're only two hours away but we certainly would have suffered a bit from that you know <laughs> probably the highs were too high and the lows were, were probably too low you know and uh, yeah. there was always the old music that area you know? <laughs> that's the music to fall back on yeah yeah and there was always the old Atlantic funny enough <laughs> from uh, uh, yeah. a, a fellow from the the west coast of Clare to a landlocked lad from Tipperary yeah, you know yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're glad as well coming in Kiki and Lane, sorry, don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. Fair play. Cork are out of the championship. Where did this ferocious determination out there today come from? The media, every one of them wrote us off. There was a statement in the Cork Examiner last Saturday or last Friday that there are four men on the Limerick team that would be afraid to go into a dark room. There's the answer today to those, those four men again. And you're that hurt by those remarks? And certainly I'm hurt. And the players were more hurt. And they're the ones who were insulted this week. And they proved it today that they have this. And thanks to Anthony Daly for that. Now we've got uh, former All-Ireland winning captain Mark Landers on the line. Well, Mark, there's a lovely picture of you in uh, in today's Examiner with a young Seamus Harnady. How uh, how important has Harnady become uh, to this current Cork team? Actually, he's the I suppose he's the leader of the pack, really. You know, um, I suppose the, the three big forwards that we have at the moment are Seamus, uh, Patrick Hogan, and Conor Lehane. And uh, like Patrick's free taking, and he has has been outstanding. Plus, he he has brought a consistency to his game, um, which is very good as well. Uh, but I think that Hannity has shown through to contend uh, that he seems to be the real leader of the forward line at this moment in time. And he's both doing that on and off the field. To be fair, um, his his commitment to the game is phenomenal. And he had a very very good season last year with Mikili as well, captaining them to win a county. So. You know, all in all, it is a team game, but but Seamus Hanley has, has certainly taken on the captain's role um, with a plan, I suppose, really, at this stage. I think he's seven here in this photograph there, which I think is back back after uh, after your 1999 triumph, I think. Um, how Did you coach him as a young fella? I did, I did. Um, that, that picture, you're right, Jed, that was taken in Killer Village um, the night um, after the Munster final in 1999 when we beat Clare. As you can see, Jodine is also in the photograph along with my sister Anne-Marie. 
who played for Cockabogie years and years ago, and my brother-in-law Melton. But Seamus, um, obviously through his parents, Catty Landers and Sean Hannity, came to kill it that night. Uh, we had a great night in the village, and um, I suppose it just, it just shows that the, you know, the commitment of parents what they make to their kids. Uh, he was brought up to the village that night to see the cup, and it's one of the photographs that we have on file of the young fella. Really, you know, we didn't think 20 years ago that maybe he might be in this situation, but I suppose it's like everything. You always hope that, you know, some kid that you're training in the in the field will come through and um, and acquit himself uh, with, with 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 a fantastic honour of Captain Cock to win the the Munster Championship yesterday. But uh, yeah, I was involved in him. We won the. 2006 minor county uh, Seamus was under 16 at the time and um, I suppose he you know it's hard to believe I suppose when you look at the frame of the young fellow now that he was one of the smallest lads on the panel at the time he looks like a little fella there uh, alright yeah yeah, it's seven anyway yeah yeah. he's 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 blossomed into a a fantastic guy and a fantastic man and uh, he's 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 a real really good holder now at this moment in time but um, yeah I mean he's come up through the underage uh, amalgamation between Kilita's and uh, which is the amalgamation of Killer and St. Eater's Larry, which has been hugely successful for both sides of the of the club. At what stage was it, at what stage was it obvious that he was going to go places as a hurler? Well, I, I think um, around 2008, 2009, um, from being a, a slight young lad, he grew, I suppose, significantly over, I suppose, the space of 12 months, he grew by about maybe 12 or 14 inches. And um, he was going on into UCC um, around 2010, 2011. He was, I think, the only freshers player who hadn't played uh, inter-county hurling the previous year. So as, as, as people would know, most of the teams that play in freshers um, in all colleges now have, have come through from a minor panel the year previous. Um, he didn't make the cut minor panel when he was uh, 18 years of age. I think he still was slightly on the smaller side of things. Mm. And um, and then obviously that's, that's when I suppose I first thought that God, you know, there is a bit of potential here because when he was very small as a young lad, he, he had all the characteristics, characteristics good off his left and his right, good sidestep and a very good hand for, for a small lad. And, um, but once he added the size, I suppose, um, and then going on to UCC, and as I said, m- making the freshers team, I think they went to the All-Ireland final, I think his first year involved there. And in his second year involved, he was knocking on the door in the Fitzgibbon team. So at that stage, he'd obviously shown a huge amount of promise. And um, I suppose he was getting, I suppose, good coaching, good training. And, and obviously the lad is so committed, he was learning and developing away all the time. And how far exactly can he go? Is there anything, I mean, so we hear at times maybe he's, he's, he's a laid back kind of fella. Like, is there another level he can still go to? Uh, can he, I mean, at, at this stage, he's... he's contributions for Cork have been key most days another one three yesterday um, I suppose he's often been in the in the shadow of Patrick Horgan maybe in the in the in the full forward line but um, is there another level that he can go to propel himself up there alongside the the Joe Cannings I suppose um, at the very top of the game yeah, really, I, I suppose what, what I saw from Seamus yesterday is I thought he has a newfound confidence which is when he got the ball I thought his decision making was excellent um, he also got the ball on a, a number of occasions where I think he would have maybe laid it off I, I think in particular there was one game this year um, against Limerick down the park the first he, he got the first ball he looked like all he needed to do was take a step inside his man and knock it over the bar and he turned back out and he laid off the ball mm. but I, I thought yesterday he took on the responsibility that if he got a half a chance he was cool in possession 
and I thought he, he took on the responsibility himself that he was going to knock the ball over the bar rather than shifting the responsibility to somebody else. Now, obviously, we all know that it, like when you when there's a player in a better position, and, and I think that was influ- that was that was um, uh, emphasised yesterday with the goal that Luke Mead got just before half time. Shams had done a great job in winning the ball, taking on his man, and then Luke Mead came on his shoulder and he offloaded it. So, thought his decision making was good, but I also thought that uh, when the right decisions were to be made. He, he made him in terms of in terms of holding the ball and walking walking himself into a position to get a score. Um, I suppose you go back to the Waterford game later on as well. He got a vital goal, which I think it just shows that he he knows like he's getting to a level whereby uh, he knows what the right thing is to do nearly all of the time. I think that that is a sign of a player who is continuing to mature and. It's also a sign that he, he probably isn't the finished article yet that we're actually speaking about it, how, how good he's getting. And I would say that about an awful lot of the cock players, and I've been making this point for a long time, that the, the more often you send these players into competitive action, I think the better and better they're going to get. Um, and I think the round robin this year has been very, very good for this cock team uh, because I think all the players are actually getting better as the year is going on. But I also think that they haven't played yet for a full 70 minutes. And I think we're really there now as all other contenders. What did you make of the performance yesterday overall? Um, I was just talking to Anthony Daly there. And while he was he was giving credit to John Myler for some of the switches he made at half time to sort of um, arrest Clare's dominance, he also wondered whether maybe, maybe Cork had given Clare a bit too much respect in the first half. Well, I, I think you, you you have to take your hat off to Clare and say that they, they, they dictated the game from the word go. Um, I still have to believe after 15 or 20 minutes that Cork actually was only a couple of points in it because Clare had done all of the hauling. Yeah. Um, I, I think a part of the first half was that Tony Kelly had dragged us into back out the field and there was a, a lot of ball going into John Conlon going directly into him and I think we certainly tightened that up. I also thought a, a significant part of yesterday's victory was that Cox started to attack the ball in the second half I thought we allowed John Conlon to get the ball in his hand in the first half I don't know that the ball going in was pretty good but I thought that Cullum Spillane came and attacked the ball I thought he got out in front of his man on a number of occasions and won the ball himself and like, if you give any forward a half a yard you know Ben O'Connell Jodie and Patrick Hogg and Seamus Hannity you know TJ Reid if you give them a half a yard and give them ball in the hand they'll stick it over the bell all the time so the easiest thing is, is obviously stop the supply coming in but if, it, if it's not being stopped you have to get out in front, in front of your man and, and, win, and win your own ball um, but it's hard to Clare dominated the first probably the first half to be fair mm. um, and probably should have had a few more scores but I thought Cock actually hung in there on the short of maturity like when things aren't going well that you can actually hang in there but I thought the goal in the point before half time was significant um, particularly Matt Coleman's point as well because it was from a huge rain and, and it comes straight after straight after the goal that we got so uh, that was significant but I thought the Cock hurled hurled whole clear off the field in the second half which was a bit strange a little bit like last year's Munster final as well um, where Cock dominated the second half as well but I thought there was a there was a difference yesterday and so far that you know all the players chipped in you know Daniel Kearney Connolly Hand um, Dallas Fiskiven got a magnificent point and like, there was a swirling wind in Tullis yesterday and there was a significant point where he stuck it from the, the dressing room side and it looked like it was going out and when it went over the, the post, it was actually landing in the in in, in the middle of the, the crossbar. So I, I thought, like you know, some of the changes that John Moyler made yesterday were very good as well. I 
Daniel Kearney, who's probably has resurrected his career, to be fair, um, at wing forward. He's having a magnificent season, but he came to the middle of the field just as well and played very well. And Dallas Fiskin played very well when he went to the half forward. And so you have to give credit to John and the selectors, Doyle Manny and, and, and Keir Murphy as well. You know, they're very shrewd. They've had a lot of holding played themselves. And John has been involved with a lot of teams as well. So. You know, it's, great, it's great and it's good that the, the players ultimately it's the players that will dictate whether you win or lose matches uh, but I thought everybody mucked in yesterday you know it had a very good performance overall but as I, I, I previously mentioned I, I think we still haven't played for 70 minutes Yeah. and if we play against seven, for 70 minutes against any team I think we'll, 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 we'll certainly be very very close to win the all the show uh, Donald O'Grady made, made a point yesterday that, or in today's paper that uh, Dara Fitzgibbon was, was ill for a few days before the game and looked and looked like that in the first half he's a bit off the pace but is it is it a mark of how important he is now to Cork that rather than uh, than take him off they, they move him into into centre forward where, where, he's, where he is, excels yeah. in the second half you know yeah, well, look, I suppose, look, unless you're on the inside track, really, you, you don't fully know, you know, who's injured, who's training, who's not training, who's sick, who's not sick, you know. Mm. Um, I remember a number of years ago, Dylan would have sort of been started, uh, I think, a month of final against Water, if he's taken half after 15 minutes because he was sick. So, I, I think, look, it, uh, probably, you know, he, if he had some bit of a bug, it's a great testament to the lad that he was able to stay going. But, look, all the players are important to the team. Uh, Dallas is given as a magnificent player, you know, and, and I suppose you, you need to give credit to, to the underage, to Rebel Oak here, because, you know, Shane Kingston, Dallas is given, Matt Coleman, Robbie Flynn, Luke Mead, Sean O'Donoghue, Patrick Collins, and Dan Brown were on the panel yesterday. Those eight players have all come through the development squads in Cork, and I think it's a fantastic. Um, you know, clapping the back for the, the people who put development squads in places that you, they are unearthing talent. They are giving them exposure to the county at kind of 14, 15, 16, 17 years of age, which, you know, is, is fantastic. But, you know, that again is another massive game this week, uh, the under 21 Munster final, along with Shane and Matt Coleman and, and, and Robbie O'Flynn. So, like, if we can put the you know, under 21 title to the senior title, you know, it was only a short number of years ago. We were in a poor state for Cork Hurling, but you know we we have I suppose put the shoulders of the wheel, and everybody's made a massive contribution to to try and getting Cork back into the into the limelight, really. A glossary of GAA terms. Today's term: pull hard. He's no relation. Hey, hang on, your father wasn't a third cousin once removed of my mother, was he? No, grandson. Ah! Vigorous ground hurling made possible by no familial bond. For the very definition in evocative GAA coverage, read the Irish Examiner's team of experts for insights and precise analysis on all this weekend's action. Only in this Monday's Irish Examiner. We define the games that define your summer. Right, now we have Patrick uh, P.M. O'Sullivan on the line, Irish Examiner columnist, who was in Crow Park yesterday for the Leinster final. Patrick, the, the pundits are being sniffy enough about this one. The, a meat and spuds affair lacking a bit of gravy, uh, reckoned Brendan O'Brien. But like, are we not? Um, was it not a, a maybe a bit of a welcome break uh, from all the one twenty seven to one twenty six matches we've been seeing? A bit of a dogfight, no? Yeah, I mean, you could say it was probably the best worst match ever. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> look, the, the hurling wasn't free flowing. Um, I thought, from a Kenny perspective, their touch was was poor in the tight. Uh, there, there was a lot of spill ball a lot of miscontrols. Um, Galway, something of the same, but I think Galway's problem was more that they never hurled with, I suppose, any bit of cohesion and, and they didn't hurl to 
together. Um, there was a lot of individualistic play. Um, and I suppose the net result might favour Limerick because whoever plays Limerick now will be out three weeks in a row. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be doing down Westmead, but it, it's, I think, difficult to see Westmead beating Limerick. So um, that's one thing that came out of it. I suppose the other big thing that came out of it is Galway's, I won't say impregnability, but certainly Galway's uh, lead over the pack narrowed. I think people would have seen a vulnerability in Galway that they hadn't seen for quite a while. And I suppose your own fellow natives in Tipperary will be looking on at that Dunster final with a great deal of chagrin and, and regret because uh, there'd be a lot of thought of maybe what might have been um, given that uh, tip ran Galway so close last year, Larry. Anthony Daly mentioned in his column today that uh, no, he, he wasn't just picking out Joe, but I mean, as maybe more of a symptom of Galway, that he reckoned Joe Canning's work rate was nowhere close to, to acceptable. And... Brian Cody mentioned afterwards, you know, slightly jokingly, that um, Galway might have been a bit complacent coming into it. You know, like, did you detect a bit of complacency about them? Well, you wouldn't detect complacency in the sense there was a very big Galway crowd there for it. There was a big Kilkenny crowd there for it as well. I mean, I think Kilkenny were both curious as to how they get on. Um, they weren't. I was talking to a lot of people afterwards. They they weren't um, terribly happy with the type of hurling or, or standards of hurling, but they were happy that they'd significantly closed the gap on Salt Hill. Um, I talked to a few Galway people afterwards as well. Uh, very disappointed. Uh, one man uh, said to us, um, I don't mind admitting to you that I was coming up here today hoping and thinking that we're going to beat the Kenny by 10 points. We said we certainly didn't get that. Uh, I think they were a little bit shocked afterwards. I thought they thought, I think they, the Galway fans thought there was a genuine gap there. And it went yesterday. Now, can Galway reset in a week? Uh they're going to probably be calling on similar set of personnel. So are Kenny. Coming into the match, probably from a Kenny perspective, um, and I'll come back to Joe Canning in a second in relation to Joe and, and Kenny and Buckley. Um, coming into it from a Kenny perspective, Billy Ryan was a springer. A friend of mine rang me last week and said he'd heard from one of the players that Billy Ryan was absolutely going great guns in training, that he'd very likely be playing against Galway, and so it transpired. But okay, you can't do that now. This week will obviously just be a recovery week on the next Sunday in Turles. Uh Richie Hogan did okay-ish when he came on, played the great ball across for Enda Morrissey. He may well come into the frame. Colin Fenley just didn't get on the ball when he came on. Uh, so we'll see. Um, it's going to be, I think, personnel-wise, more or less as you were. So you're going to have to get a greater increased level of performance from the players that were in the frame, which I suppose is where um, Dalo was talking about Joe Canning and looking to get Joe Canning um, into a much better groove of form. He definitely wasn't firing both in on the freeze and, and, and in play yesterday, so you'd imagine he can't improve. I thought a curious decision on the Sunday game was to give Killian Buckley man of the match. Now, Killian Buckley was very, very good and was part of the reason Joe Canning was quite. But Killian Buckley, to me and the friends I was with, looked out in his feet for the last 15 minutes and coughed up possession uh, a few times, which was crucial in the context of the game. And I think Kilkenny might well have won the game had um, Killian Buckley been switched or subbed to another position other than centre-back. Like you, you wrote back in Friday's paper, um, you wondered where Kilkenny were at and you hoped, I think, that they wouldn't go with a similar game plan that they brought to Salt Hill. Where, where, do you know a little bit more where Kilkenny are at now? I think we do. I think um, I, I, I thought all along 
it's a Kilkenny team that's that's struggling um, for confidence in a funny sense, Larry. Although I suppose when you have so many young players and you're trying to put together a new new combination of Kilkenny players, it's not that surprising or funny. Um, I think at times they they try and do something spectacular and maybe something overly intricate to get up confidence levels. And I think one day if it clicks, Kilkenny could re- could play really well. But for the moment, it's very glitchy. And they're doing one good thing for one bad thing, if you like. Um, now, they could have had four points scored before they got one yesterday, um, some bad use of possession. But where can Kenny at? Um, you couldn't criticise the selection of, of Paul Dutch's fullback yesterday. He was very good. But you still wonder, is the overall balance of the team correct? I, being at Ballyhill Shamrock's club, and I was delighted that Joey Holden played so well because, I mean, he's had a difficult time. Uh, in, 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 in recent months and last year copped a lot of local criticism and I think he's after writing it out now hopefully and was uh, really effective yesterday uh, we, we know an awful lot more I, I think that we gain confidence uh, as a group coming back from three points down uh, but that's been the hallmark of the group all the year I mean there were I think was it was it nine or was it even 11 points at one stage it was certainly nine points in the league match against Clare uh, they had a bad start uh, uh, against Cork in the league and recovered reasonably well. Uh, so there's no doubt about the kind of application of the group, and you never really have that doubt where Brian Cody is leading a group. But is their hurling, does it quite have the level of precision that it needs um, maybe to win that iron? No. But, you know, we'll see now what happens in Thurless. Uh, a lot of pressure, I think, on on on. Galway next next weekend on Kilkenny as well because nobody's going to fancy going three weeks in a row and, 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 and as is likely having uh, Limerick at the end of that road but um, Kilkenny probably progressed a bit uh, yesterday um, although the hurling funny enough as we've said wasn't great and Galway probably regressed a bit and it's really incumbent upon Galway now it's very much all Ireland favourites it's, it's very much incumbent upon them now I think to uh, put right that regression next Sunday It's funny you mentioned lack of confidence in, in Kilkenny because I suppose it's not something people outside the county would, would associate with with them um, is it, it also funny that, that maybe this lack of confidence can sit alongside I suppose there's a lot of talk about legacy and culture and all these buzzwords like but what I suppose what, yeah. what Cody has given Kilkenny and I don't know how long it, will, will, will it be the kind of thing that will last through the decades and through the generations but this idea that they've, they're never beaten and, and, and it's also something that their opponents know that they're never beaten and like to have that but to also have a sort of a lack of confidence alongside that is a slight contradiction almost, isn't it? But like, at the same time, you just cannot ever write Kilkenny off, can you? No, I mean, you wrote about it very well in 2016 and you mentioned to me personally, you know, that when Kilkenny got the goal, even though people were going great guns in the Iron final, you were kind of thinking, here we go again, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, Kilkenny looked poised to make a serious comeback in a game in which they weren't really at the pitch of the contest. Yeah. And they've, they've done that a lot over the year, years and, you know, that happened again yesterday. I thought John Donnelly um, made a good impact when he came on. Uh, John is, has got a very good head as well as a very good pair of hands. Um, you know, took his own point really, really well off the puck out that he fetched and then made the point for TJ. Um, so, you know, he has that bit of composure on the ball. I think he will grow into a very important player for Kenny, but he's only 20 this year. So it's going to take time, but I think he's he's going to grow into a sort of a full forward, centre forward player for Kenny down the line. Um, the, the confidence thing, I think, because there was such success between oh, oh, 2000 and 2015, you, you can only judge it though 
where we are now, we had a dismal performance by the under-21s uh, against Galway. Mm. Uh, it really fell flat. Um, the minors got okay. They won in 2010, 2014, maybe slightly against the head. That that under-21 group didn't train on. Uh, was very disappointing in the all Ireland final last year against Limerick. And um, 2015 uh, minors who probably should have beaten Galway um, both days in the, in the draw and replay uh, in the all Ireland semi-final 2015, as we saw, fell flat as under-21s. So it doesn't worry in the county, you know, it, we're, we're now the longest we've ever been, if like in Kilkenny, without an under-21. The county went 1964 to 74 before they won one. And now it's 08 to 018. I think it's going under 20 next year anyway. But um, minor, a lot of wondering about development squads and, uh, you know, this, the system, is it is it really working? Is it really producing players um, in the way that, that that's required? Um, but you're always, I suppose, to a certain extent, once you've had seized, anything seems like famine, um, you know. But Kilkenny have progressed this year. They won the league. Um, they're all, everybody knows that. They're, they're going to be now in the last six, come what may. They didn't make the last six last year, Larry. They made the last eight. So they have progressed by those objective measures. Um, and I think they are going forward. And in a funny way, I think it's, it's a few small things that really might make them click. And I wouldn't rule them out beating Galway now next Sunday. I, I, I certainly uh, I wouldn't rule that out at all. Um, the onus is on Galway to improve and they probably have the greater level of improvement to find. But I, I think Kenny will fancy it next Sunday, actually. Finally then, what do you make of, uh, of uh, a Leinster final uh, coming to the home of Hurland? What, what's, the, what's the vibe uh, around the place about coming to Torles for this one? That's a contentious phrase to use to uh, <laughs> Kenny natives. <laughs> um, yeah, I always love going to Torles, so I think perfectly uh, happy uh, uh, about it. I, I don't see any problem about it. I think it's a good pragmatic uh, solution. I think both counties are very happy to play in, in Torles. Uh, I see Tommy Welch amongst others did raise the uh, issue of um, you know Galway or sorry Waterford not being allowed to play in Nolan Park as a preferred home game I think that's something that probably should be revisited there surely must be an arrangement that people can come to as regards maybe uh, next year Waterford using uh, Nolan Park for at least one of their, their home games um, you know, there must be some practical, pragmatic arrangement people can come to. Uh, I think if people generally, you know, like hurlers, people like coming to to uh, Lone Park as a provincial ground. I know hurlers love playing on it because the surface has got better and better over the years. So Turles next next Sunday is a good solution, and um, I think the way Cork, you know, have performed now, Cork might have pushed themselves up into being. I won't say All Ireland favourites, but they must be very close, if not level, with with Galway now in the All Ireland stakes. I mean, they they have won one um, uh, monster now twice in a row, which is not to be sniffed at. And not one of them are two different managements. And I mean, there's a lot of pressure on John Myler maybe coming in this year. There was lots of, I suppose, ifs and buts about it in Cork um, internally about who should be manager. But you know, he's done as much as he can do at this stage, and. Cork are playing a really impressive brand of hurling um, when they get going the maybe second half caps against Tink aside um, probably bought a new tactical spring to their bow yesterday Larry but with Arifuk's given the centre forward mm. uh, that that gave them something new again uh, and I think they'll take beating now I think they'll take serious beating and the 
other nuance, I suppose, of yesterday is that whoever loses the Leinster final now looks really likely to have to beat Limerick and Cork to get to the Ireland final. Tough one. That's, that's a serious roster, you know. So, like, it's not just winner takes all now in 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 um, the uh, Leinster final. It's also winner might maybe have a slightly easier route to get to the Ireland final. And that's all we have for you in this week's podcast. My thanks to Anthony Daly, to Mark Landers and to Patrick P.M. O'Sullivan. Tune in next week at the same time uh, on iTunes, on SoundCloud and on irishexaminer.com slash papertalk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.